0: Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Art of Badassery. I'm your host Mahara Wayman, and today a truly inspiring guest is joining us—a powerhouse of resilience and positivity. Hailing from the heart of Youngstown, Ohio, Marshawn O oh is a testament to the transformative power of education, passion, and her unwavering commitment to making a difference. This is my of gal, you're gonna love her. She is a proud graduate of the Ryan High School, holding her diploma as a symbol of her early academic accomplishments. Her thirst for knowledge led her to the University of Memphis where she earned a Bachelor of Science degree and later to National University where she achieved a master's degree. She resides in the sunny coastal city of San Diego, California, where she embraces life with open arms. Her heart is filled with a deep love for reading, an appreciation for unforgettable live performances and a passion for music that resonates with the soul and a genuine joy in spending quality time with friends and her beloved daughter. But what truly, truly sets her apart is her dedication to uplifting and empowering others. As the founder of our consulting company, she has a special calling that revolves around helping Black Christian women transform their mindset, shift their perspective, and ultimately redefine how they appear in the world. So Get ready to be inspired peeps, enlightened and motivated, as we dive deep into her incredible journey and the wisdom that she has to share with us today. It's such an honor to have her here today, and I can't wait to uncover the gems of insight that she has to offer. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Mahara. Thank That was a beautiful introduction. I'm loving all of
0: that. <laughs> oh, you are so welcome. I love meeting women on my podcast because what I'm noticing is that, and just so you know, folks, the the introduction that I read is based on information that they give me. But when I read it back to them or when I write it and read it back to them, almost everyone, their eyes have opened up a bit and they went, is that me? I'm like, yes, girlfriend, that is you. So you're very welcome. So what got you, what made you want to go on this podcast today? I'm curious.
1: You know, because I feel like, listen, as soon as I saw the invitation, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a badass. <laughs> oh, I good. am a badass that resonates exactly with who I am. And it took me a while to actually get to be able to confidently exude badassery. And I had to just own it. And I was like, oh, that's me. I got a story. I'm a badass now. Okay. And so I'm owning it. Yes.
0: Awesome. I love seeing women own their story, but it's not, it's taken me almost 58 years to get to where I can own my story. Can we go back to when you were a younger woman, when you first started to think, wow, I, I'm not happy how things are. And so I got to make a change. Was there something in your past where you went, mm-hmm, thank you. I'm listening. I gotta make a change.
1: Yeah, you know, for me, it didn't it didn't happen until I was in my 20s. Um, when this light bulb moment came came to me. I was actually 27. And 27 is where my divorce took place. And 27 was when I really had to figure out who Marshawn is. The reason why that's important is because i come from a large family speed this story up but i come from a large family we're around each other all day around cousins and seeing relationships and i was around people all the time at the age of 18 i joined the united states navy around people all the time so i was there for three years met and married my husband from the navy around him all the time we traveled we did a whole bunch of stuff together and then when that marriage failed i was all by myself And this was the first time I really had to figure out who Marshawn is. First time living alone at 27. Then I had to figure out who Marshawn is at 27. And it was was head scratching, a lot of head scratching moments of what the heck is actually going on. And all of that together was like my biggest,
0: Mm.
1: oh, you got to get it together. Because you don't live with mama no more and you're not going back home. You're no longer with your husband You by yourself. You're not in the Navy. You are literally with Marshawn.
0: So thank you for sharing that, by the way. And what what comes to mind is how many of us struggle with being by ourselves. Mm. You know, we are, we are, we're raised in a, in a culture of community, which is beautiful. But I can totally appreciate that all of a sudden when everyone's gone, that there could be this feeling of, but I don't know the real me because I have seen me in everybody else Mm. rather Mm. than seeing me in me. Mahara,
1: Mahara. It was to the point where I did not want to be in my apartment alone. I would find any excuse not to go home unless I was tired to go to sleep, like shower, sleep, wake up. I'm out the door because I need to be around some people. It took me a long time where I had to have a conversation with Marshawn to say, it's time. Why do you keep running away from the house?
0: Can I, keep away? can I ask if that was the beginning of your relationship with your faith or have you always been a Christian?
1: No, I've always, I've grown up. (laughs) So funny, I've always been a Christian, but I'm also a PK. For those of you who don't know what that is, I'm a preacher's kid. So I've been a part of my Christian faith and church my entire life. So God was there, right? But I still wasn't calling on God. I just thought it was me. I didn't even know that I wasn't alone in my loneliest moments. I just felt it was just me. And I I didn't want to experience me because so, I didn't know who I was.
0: Yeah, I get that. Like, why would you want to experience? It's like saying, I want to go on a date with nobody. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Right. But I, so what did you do? Because I know, I know when I talk to my clients, one of the first things that really we tackle is getting really clear on who we are. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what you did to find you.
1: Um, You know, in the beginning, it wasn't like a structured anything. I also didn't know about coaching. And and at the point, honestly, to be quite frank, I don't think that it was as big as it is now, like coaching. So I didn't think about therapy, didn't know about any of that stuff. So what I actually did was I just started reading relationship type books. To try to figure out what was actually happening why um, and and then I also so books was the one of the first things and then I literally just start sitting with my feelings. I didn't have any like outlets or anybody to talk to or go to I, at least I didn't feel I did and, and I also didn't have like a community surrounding me to say hey what is this or why am I feeling this? is this normal so I just kind of just read books. And just sat in my
0: stuff. That takes sat in my feelings, does it? Well, you know what? I think it does because what I've noticed in what I've noticed personally in my journey of self-discovery mm-hmm. is that no matter what or where you're from, we as humans have developed an ability to run away from what is uncomfortable. Right? That's mm-hmm. not that's kind of normal. It's natural. But what yes. happens over time is that we get so used to ignoring something until the point that we can't ignore it anymore and we're, we just feel it in our bones and our stomach and, you know our bodies our body holds everything and I think it takes a lot of courage to feel those feelings that's one of the things that I had to do was to go okay why wow my stomach's been a knot for like seven years what the mm-hmm. hell mm-hmm. I you just I got used to that feeling and mm-hmm. and so I do think it takes a lot of guts to go okay I'm a fe- I'm feeling a b c d or e and to just sit with it. That takes strength. But what's so amazing is that those feelings typically if you give them space they will move on. Right? they will move on. Yeah. It's almost like um it's almost like the emotions are just pulling at your shirt tails going listen to me, listen to me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm interrupting because I know where mine specifically came from. Me sitting in it had a lot to do with me running out of money to run. Ooh. So running to go hang out, running to go eat, running to travel. I was running out of money to run. And when you run out of money. <laughs> you stay put in my and Yeah, you got to stay put. And so in my instance, I had to feel the field I wanted. But I also wanted to go deeper because I just didn't understand why I'm like, a pretty good person i'm a pretty good person so why am i like this why was i choosing you know why did i choose this particular guy why didn't the relationship work out like and then not only pointing the finger at him because i know that there were some things that i literally could have worked on and i just had to figure out like hey you didn't you wasn't doing this one you could have did that one better and i kind of went down the road but also still crying because who wants to say I'm gonna get married today I only get a divorce nobody really raises their hand for that <laughs> I'm also that person I don't want to raise my hand for that and so it was just like okay my my dreams my dream of what I thought my life was going to look like which is one time married my my 2.5 kids my white picket fence in my house like everybody else I wanted my dream uh my my American dream as well and when that didn't happen I was just like well why not
0: Powerful question and you know there's n- the greatest gift that we can give ourselves I think is the gift of curiosity mm. without judgment and yeah. I don't know about you but I'm a some kind of judgment girl I didn't yeah. even realize how judgmental I was until I started studying it mm. I in my mastery method coaching certification course we had a whole whole module on judgment and I'm like oh, I'm going to breeze through this because I'm the most easygoing nice you know open-minded girl and like within, you know, just jumping into it, I all of a sudden I'm like, I could feel my chest tightening. And I'm like, oh my God, that's judgmental. Oh my God, that's judgmental. Oh my gosh, like what? I, I was just so surprised. And it's okay that we are that way. We just need to recognize it and pull back when we can. I go, wow, that's interesting. So really being curious is such a bonus. How did your family react to your... To this place that you found yourself in, where you just sat and got curious?
1: Uh, two things. I have to say that it wasn't something that I just came out and spoke about. And then the other part of that, the other um, part of that is it wasn't okay. So I didn't really live around my family at this point at this time. So what I didn't have like a daily interaction with them for them to be able to say, "Hey, what's going on?" or "Why are you?" or "You seem different." Any of that stuff. It was more of really just me. So maybe my friends, my friends at the time, were asking questions, but not really my family. Right. Um, <clears throat> but still, even with that, it was it was more of a something's different. Like they couldn't pinpoint it, but something was different. And then I, I and the things that they wanted to do, I no longer wanted to do. Like I know that I was growing. Maybe not, maybe at the time I didn't have that word growing Mm -hmm. or growth process or anything like that growth mindset. I didn't have any of those terms at the time, but I was just like, I don't want to do that anymore. Just that, that, that that's just not fun for me anymore.
0: I know that that's one of the things that I see quite a bit when people are on this journey of self-discovery, which is total coach talk. But when, when people are so sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, they Mm. often, ask questions whether they get a coach or not but what i see happening is because their energy has changed and their needs and wants and desires and goals and thoughts are different there's sometimes a a separation from old friends right it's not that i don't like you as a friend anymore but i just don't have anything to talk to you about because i want to go left and you're determined to go backwards right And that can be hard because sometimes it's like no, no no i really need my friends You know, I'll do all of this deep introspection on my own quietly, not tell anybody, but eventually it does come out because we, we, what I think happens is that we actually step into our greatness. And the minute we agree to step into our greatness, everything changes. And some people want to be on that journey with us. And some people don't, and they're happy to say bye. Sometimes that can be really hurtful. And it's one of the reasons why I think so many of us stay put, even though we're unhappy, because we would rather be moderately unhappy, but with the familiar yes, and without the familiar and run the risk of being alone and without the familiar, you know, like, so it's awesome that you were able to do that.
1: Well, I have to say for me, and, and, and... for me, it really wasn't that tough for me to quote unquote allow, allow my friends to kind of fall by the way because I am pretty much better a loner. <laughs> um, I was, I was teased, So my, my loner came from me being teased about my top lifting. And so I would try to find ways for me to shrink and not be seen. And I had a group of friends, right, eat, but all of us kind of felt in that same nobody sees us. And so when, when it was time for me to like blossom and come out, it's like, you're not going this way? That's fine. I'm kind of used to this journey of loneliness. I'm kind of used to finding my own way, being the outlier. It's, it's okay. I understand. So what really it really is, well, I say, it is it, because we haven't today. It is it hard for me to allow somebody to be released from my life. Because if we're not going together and getting better together, then you're literally just taking your drain from me. And that's just the way that I'll be life. It's, um, there are plenty of friendships that have
0: just fallen off. There was no argument, no fight, no I hate you. It's just, you're speaking, you know there's. I don't know which philosopher said it or which poet wrote about it, but there's this, there's this visual that I get when you are talking that, like a river or like water, water just goes, it just flows, and it'll pick up things along the way. It'll, it'll, you know, it's just very, um, very present, and that's what I get when you share that, which is really lovely to see. It's when we grab onto something out of fear or a feeling of lack or a feeling of worthlessness that we that we sort of that it hurts. So. Awesome. So you now live in San Diego. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your business and what drew you to this work.
1: Yes. So I am a shift relationship strategist. And I guess you already mentioned that I'm the founder of my consulting company. But what 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 a shift relationship strategist is, right, is where I'm helping to shift all of you. So we're starting with the mind. We're working with you, starting with the mind, shifting your mind. We're shifting your viewpoint or your perspective, right? And then we're also shifting. All of that comes together where you start to shift the way that you show up in the world. Like your confidence, it starts to exude by... The way you stand, the clothes that you wear, now you're speaking to the person eye to eye instead of looking everywhere but in their eye. You're able to articulate the things that you want, the things that you need, the things that you desire, um, versus going along with just somebody else's plan or their playbook. You're allowed to contribute to your life and realizing that you are a co-creator, right? And I say co because God is part of your creation of you creating the life that you want to live, and you're only going to get what he already has said yes for you to have, right? So um, you're co-creating your life, but understanding that you have to show up for yourself. You have to show up for your life. And so literally all of that stuff is what I help my um, my sisters do.
0: That's beautiful. And it's so important that people understand that you know change happens from the inside out. Right. That's a big one, I think, for for many people to sort of recognize, because so many of us have bought into this belief that if I just have the husband, I'm going to be happy. If I just have the beautiful house, if I just lose 10 pounds or, or 100 pounds, if I just move here, if I if I just get all of these things assembled in the outside of me, then I will feel worthy, safe and loved. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that's absolute BS, because really, you got you It's sad, right? You got to recognize that you were born deserving. Yes, born deserving. And when you can when we can let go of the need for the outside stuff and focus on recognizing the inside, the outside stuff kind of comes a lot easier. Right? So but it's not an easy lesson. I mean, if it were easy, you know, would the world would be Nirvana. And that's just not the case right now. But we can do what we can through it. So how many years have you been in business?
1: So I've been in business officially for four, where I'm literally making it a business. But I was coaching prior to as many years as I can remember. Didn't again, didn't have that title for coaching back in the day. But I've always been the person with, that sees things differently. I never put all men that all men does this that box. Mm-hmm. All men does that. All men does this. I never done that. I've always been the outlier. And so I was like, well, you should look at this differently. Or what were you doing? So I've always kind of coached. Um, For as long as I can remember, but as far as a title um, certification and all of that, about four years.
0: Nice. What's the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself?
1: The biggest thing I've learned about myself. That's a good question. What is the biggest thing I've learned about myself?
0: So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it.
1: I think this is going to be cliche, but it's true for me, which is how worthy I actually am. How worthy I am. How I'm good enough. And I know enough. So it really is all of the good enough, worth enough, I am enough, what I bring to the table, um, how I speak up for myself, and I think a lot of that, maybe the underlying, is just loving on me, just the love that I have for myself, how I'm able to show up in a way that I couldn't when I was younger, or didn't believe I could when I was younger. And so I just own my own. So the biggest thing, I guess, like I said, the underlying of all of that is really loving me.
0: Thank you. That's so powerful. And that, you know, ultimately, I think that's what all of us want: is we want to be able to see what, what others see in us. And I don't, you know, I remember there have been quite a few times in my life where people have said something to me. They're like, "Where did you come from?" I'm like, "Huh? I just was downstairs." Like what? (laughs) they whatever i've said to them has affected them in such a way that they're just gobsmacked and i'm like what's wrong with you like what and i i realized i think what's happening is that i am finally allowing myself to see what other people have seen in me all along Mm -hmm. and that is and of course part of me is like what couldn't i seen this at 18 (laughs) right
1: yes 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 the power that's when you're speaking it sounds like you you didn't recognize or maybe sometimes you don't recognize your own power
0: well i think that's exactly it and Mm. um for all of you listening guys that's what this podcast it's all about is about it's recognizing that we all we have to do to be badass people is put your hand on your heart and say i matter because so many of us can't do that and really mean it but we you know what i matter you matter um so within your business, who do you typically well I, I know I mentioned in your intro that you help black Christian women connect with their faith, do the mind shift. Can I ask what made you focus in on that niche?
1: Um well I, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for black women. Um yes, because I am one, but then also I think that we've just had um such a tough time in life and being accepted. And we have thrived in all of these, all other areas of our life, or I should say the majority. And I want us to make sure that we thrive in this area of our life as well. I know so many um, people of, of, excuse me, Black women of influence that have like CEO, CFO, all of those letters after their name. And when it comes to their romantic relationship and their relationship with themselves, is not as let me let me let me step back the relationship with themselves is not as confident as they appear to the world and then their romantic relationship is either not on par or non-existent but a lot of them long for that and so i, I want to help them to understand that you can have this as well there, there's going to be some work that you have to put in because they're so used to being a boss in in the workplace that you got to learn to turn tone that down in the house so there's not this masculine energy competing but um but yeah so that so anyway I'm going down a rabbit hole my point is I decided to focus on um, black women specifically because I want us to win in all areas
0: that's all that's beautiful what's one of the things that you dream about for your business that hasn't hasn't quite materialized yet
1: it hasn't quite materialized. You know, I haven't.
0: There is something there may not be, but I'm just curious.
1: Oh, no, there's absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's always room to grow. And my growth is touching, helping more black women to get more exposure. So they know that there is a qualified black woman out here. That's rooting for them, number one. But then also, I really want to help you get to the next level in your life.
0: So I want to go back to something you said earlier, which was you did the hand motion as well when I talked about how challenging life can be. You said, yeah, you know, it can up and down, up and down. Talk to us about that period of your life where you really were trying to find your way and it was kind of going up and down and down.
1: Okay. So that takes me back to, remember, I got a divorce at 27, right. right? I was one of the people that didn't automatically slow down and do the reflection. I started to jump into dating once again. And actually that's not true. I waited about a year, but I still wasn't like working on me. I just wasn't dating, but I wasn't working on Marshawn. So after that, I was like, okay, I think I'm about ready to start dating again. I know I know that I want to get married again. So I, I, in order to do that, you got to put yourself back out there. So I started putting myself back out there and I started dating. And what I realized, and this took a period of time, but I'm going to speed up the story. What I realized is that I was either dating the same type of guy or we would never go to the next level, meaning I never made it to the girlfriend stage. It was a lot of dating. It was some situationships. It was some um, friends with benefits, but it was never a title where the world knows that I am his girl. And I was just like, it was, it was crazy. So Mahara, I was in that for 14, 15 years. Wow. I was just going. And I was just like, hold up, just stop. (laughs) Let's pump the brakes. Marshawn, what is happening? And this is when I started to do the deeper work and ask myself and reflect. And literally the question I remember it to this day, the question that I asked myself was, Marshawn, what is happening? Because you are the only common denominator in all of these relationships that are not going to the next level. What are you doing? What are you doing? And so I went about the business of answering that question. What are you doing? Mahara, I went about it so much so that I didn't realize at the time, but (laughs) I started. You know how an ex will text you, call you out of the blue? Mm -hmm. So when that started happening again, Instead of me like playing their game, I now had a game that they were going to play with me. And that game was giving me some information. So when I would get the call, the text, whatever, months later, even sometimes years later, not all, but several of those men, I would say, hey, can we meet in person? And we would meet in person. And after the pleasantries of how are you and all of, you know, what you've been up to, I would say, hey, can, can you help me out? I really don't, I'm, I'm past us. It's good to see you, but I'm past us. I really would like for you to help me understand why we didn't go to the next level. Like what, what, what happened? How was I showing up? Like, um, what was I doing that was turning you off for us to not even get to girlfriend, boyfriend stage. Wow. And they would answer. And again, this is over a period of time, period of years of doing this. I would gather the information, and when I would go out on a new date with a new guy, because now I got new energy, (laughs) I would start to correct said behavior that was mentioned by the men that I dated, and I would just do that over a period of time, over a period of time. Now, I want to back up a little bit because, yes, that did happen, but what really uh, got me to get to the next step for me to start coaching is... I took a two-year break to figure out me. I took a two-year break to not only figure out me, but also to start that inner work that I was talking about. Hmm. And so I had to go deeper. There was no friends with benefits. There was no dating. I would talk about guys like with my girlfriends, but I didn't, that was not my focus. My focus was me. I had to really figure out why I was losing. Why was I losing? And then that childhood um being teased about being dark came up that ugliness came up and I had to sit with that some more right and then the divorce came up why did you lose at that had to sit with that and work through that and now this roller coaster of basically 15 years of dating what is happening no I had to figure out all of these things and it took me about two years to decipher and really understand a lot of what why Marshawn was failing
0: So can I ask, thank you for sharing that. Can I ask what was either the main or one of the stories that you, that you realized you were saying to yourself, because I really believe that it's stories we tell ourselves that we, that, that create our experience and off stories, not true, but to your point, we can usually track it back to childhood. It's something that happened, and we just we yeah. put two, two we put two and two together and got seven. I'm sticking <laughs> with seven. Right, I'm sticking with seven until thirty years later. You're like, oh my god, two and two is not seven. What the hey? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what was the story, if you can share it, that that came yeah. up for you?
1: My story was always I believe what the people were telling me about my dark skin, and I remember I remember one time meeting two, three girlfriends. I don't remember the number. But we were just walking down the street. This was teenage years. And we were walking down the street. A car full of guys comes by, and they're like choosing the friends, right? So we're walking, and they're driving. So the guys in the car are choosing us, the girls, And I remember being the last one. And I remember the the statement that was made, which was, she's just too black. And so from that moment on, so I've been teased about being dark. Then I hear this, everything that occurred in my life afterwards and why I wasn't being chosen was always because she's too black. She's too dark. And oddly enough, I never really heard, I'm I'm sure I've heard it once or twice, but the majority was black, black, dark skin. It was never, you're ugly with black skin. You're ugly with dark skin. It was usually just the dark thing, the black thing. So I didn't correlate ugly and black together, but it was still like, well, he's not calling me back because I'm too black. Most men, and again, this is my story, right? So most men like like light-skinned women, so he ain't gonna call me back. He probably just wanna use me for sex. You're not good enough because you're... So all of this ugly I was carrying around, like you said, started from childhood that I now turned into my story and was carrying all of this around Giving away my body too fast, too soon because I wanted to be liked, I wanted to be loved, I wanted to be accepted. Because maybe, maybe if we're having sex, maybe he's not looking at my dark skin, or maybe he just didn't even realize that I have dark skin. Like all
0: of oh, this crazy, all of this crazy stuff. Okay, first off, I'm just sending you a great big hug, because <laughs> that what you've what you've explained, I think so many of us can relate to, whether it's skin color or hair color or just the way that we talk or the way that we look. I'm Jamaican and I didn't really understand racism until I was about 10 or 11 when I moved to Canada. Mm-hmm. My father's black, my mother's white, mm-hmm. Jamaica, everybody, all, all different colors in between all different nationalities. I mean, I saw it a little bit there, but I was too young to really recognize. But when I moved to Canada, I, I saw it and um, it is hurtful. Because we don't have the mental capacity to understand and put it in context, right? Like, what fifteen-year-old girl is going to say, "You bet I'm black, baby," right? Right. Unless unless she's being empowered, which at that point I
1: was not.
0: Most of us aren't, and that's the thing, right? When you're six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, you're just looking for validation and understanding, and it's so easy for us to um to, to miss out, right? And Sometimes it's even with our family, they don't realize what this, and I've, you know, I'm, I've got kids. I've said things to my kids, and I had no idea how hurtful they were until my youngest who calls me out on everything. She'll point it out to me, like, you can't say that to me. I'm like, what? I'm like, you can't say that to me. I'm like, I'm so sorry. But it's, I mean, it's the human condition. Thank you for sharing that. And for those of you that are listening, you know, I'm going to challenge you to ask yourself, what is the story that you are still telling yourself that no longer serves you Mm. It may have served you well as a child you know for what whatever the story is but ask yourself is it does it still serve me and if the answer is no then you can change your relationship with that memory you can i'm not going to go into that because that's a whole coaching session or seven but just know that you're not alone question everything question the stories that come up so beautiful you've had 14 years of the roller coaster You began to ask questions of your exes, which is pretty ballsy. Can I just say, (laughs) then you took the knowledge to your new set of dating and where did, what did you learn about yourself? Once you started to change that behavior,
1: that literally it has nothing to do with the actual skin tone. It has everything to do with me as the person and how I'm showing up. So if I am not confident and I'm down here, what man is going to really want me on his arm, right? (laughs) So I had to literally and figuratively sit up, (laughs) understand who I am, love all of me, accept all of me for who I am, how I am, right? And really not worry about if the other person, in this case, a man, wanted me in that way. I had to want me in that way. And I also had to know that I was worthy to be wanted in that way.
0: Mic drop. Yeah, that's, that's massive. That's really, really, that's the, I mean, that's the whole enchilada, right? When we can stand naked, looking at ourselves in the mirror and go, you awesome girl. Yes. Then that, you know, that, you know, we, we joke about it, but really mirror work can be so powerful, right? Mm -hmm. When you can look at yourself and go, wow, I love my tummy. That tummy gave birth. That tummy held two babies. You know, those stretch marks, man, they mean I'm a warrior versus, oh my God, I got to go on a diet.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, where are you at today? Can I, are you in a relationship? <laughs> I We've am. We've been talking about relationships. <laughs> it? So, well, I got to ask because I actually don't know.
1: Yes. Okay. So, the answer is yes. However, I am separated. I am separated from that relationship because again, it wasn't serving me. And I also chose this relationship when, um, I wasn't as healthy as I am even today.
0: Okay. How amazing is it though, that you are able to talk about this so articulately and honestly and vulnerably, because that really takes what I get is, wow, a lot of you've put a lot of thought into this and you've really felt it, lived it, learned it, questioned it, gone back over it, gone. and that that takes, I said it earlier, it takes a lot of courage. And it's really quite beautiful to watch. And what I want people to understand is, because my guest has been so open and honest and comfortable with her story, I am open and honest to receive it and comfortable to receive it. Can you, and I'm speaking to the guests, to, to my audience, think back to a time when you were in the room with somebody and you just picked up uncomfortable vibes. You actually mentioned it earlier, Marshawn. You said, if I'm feeling down and you know, how can anybody, you know, they're going to pick up on that. But when we can own our story with confidence and maybe even a bit of humor, then other people will react to that. As opposed to, oh my God, you're you're down in the you're a Debbie Downer, right? I don't want to be around you. Your 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 story's making me uncomfortable, and I, I so I want to just say thank you for the way that you've even just shared your story with us because it has been, it is really it's not uncomfortable at all, even though the subject matter, you know, it kind of pulls at your heartstrings. Yeah, yeah, it kind of pulls at your heartstrings.
1: Guess, you know, I I really just Mahara, I really just believe that. If I can't show up authentically, how in the heck am I expecting anybody around me to do the same? If I, okay, so because um, because you just brought up a co- that you coach, I also coach, right? Black women, right? And we, we know that from um, what we talked about. But also, I like to practice what I preach. If I'm teaching and sharing and trying to help you to get over your hump, and I have an actual example that can help you get there, why would I not share that? Also, because uh, we talked about uh, wanting to connect with others, the only way to do that, the only way for somebody to feel like I am not alone, oh my God, I understand, is for me to be the most authentic that I can be. This is who I am. You can accept it or not. I'm totally fine, whatever way you want to go, (laughs) because your thoughts about me really don't matter to me, especially from people that I don't know. Like, right, the people that can type all of the ugly things on the internet. I don't know you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) But I don't know you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I, 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 people. I've heard it said. Many people have said their versions of it. And my father even said it, which was, "That's not your business." What somebody thinks about is not your business. And I'm like, "But dad," and he's he's like, "No, that's 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 not your business." You know, he was just uh, he's no longer with us, but he had so he had so many great um, lessons for me. I know that's why I chose him to be my dad from <laughs> the spirit world. But you know, he he said, "I remember him so clearly saying, in some instances, that's the universe's business. Just back away." And I'm like, "What? Why do I even know? What you're talking about?" you know, all these years later, I know what he's talking about, right? But at the time, he'd be like, that's not, you know, bless them and release them. That's not your business to go there. Just bless them and release them. And I'm like, now I'm like, oh, that's the best. I want a t-shirt that says that, right? Because I spent a lot of time. And sometimes I still fall into it where I just get caught up in what I think is, I think it's fun to to get, you know, all caught up in the drama of something. Isn't and, that? It's not fun, and it really hurts, and my body doesn't need it. I'm too old for that shit, right? So <laughs> I just remember my dad saying, "Just bless them and release them," and but it is a fine line, you know. Being being a spiritual being in a human body, it yeah. takes takes work, right? It takes effort. Effort, um, effort. It does effort. take effort, and I think that's one of the things that so many people are missing. Is they would like, and I count myself. I used to be like this. I just wanted it to be easy like, can you just tell me what to do? Hello, business coach, just tell me what to do. I'll just do it. No, I don't want to figure it out. I just want you to tell me. And then they would tell me something and I would do it and it wouldn't work out. I'd be like, damn you, (laughs) it didn't work out. So we are all on this journey together, but Marshawn, I love that. First of all, you're bringing such honesty to the conversation and a recognition that everybody matters. And if you have had a story that no longer serves you, or if it is the story is now at odds with what you want today in your world. Reach out for help. You know, 20 years ago, coaching wasn't, people didn't really talk about it that much. It's kind of, you need a shrink or, you know, go hang with your girlfriends or you need a shrink. There's nothing in between. Now it's, we're so fortunate that there are, there's a lot of support for, for anybody out there that is looking for some help. So guys, um, check the show notes because of course I'm going to drop lots of ways to connect with with my guest today and can you tell us a bit about the gift that you have because there is one of the links i'm going to drop is a gift what's that what's that all about
1: yeah so it's all about the secrets for Mm -hmm. black women and what that is is the top five secrets that are stopping black women from um experiencing their extraordinary relationship
0: i can't wait i'm going to check it out myself marshall I have just loved chatting with you today. Honestly, this has been a great conversation and I look forward to having another one later down the road. We'll get caught up on all things, all things beautiful. Let's put it that way. Those of you that are listening, I want to thank you once again for your support. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with my beautiful guest. And, and really as a reminder from both of us, you matter. You matter and take steps Even if that means sitting quietly and asking yourself why I'm feeling that way. One of the best things things that you can do for yourself for sure. My name is Mahara. This has been The Art of Badassery and I will see you next week. Have an amazing week, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.